Everyone, welcome to a special edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined here by my buddy Cole Shelton to break down UFC Singapore as well as Bellator 231 and Bellator 232. Cole, what's up, man? Nothing. What about you? I'm good, man. Just did the other podcast and uh, ready to go on this one. Should be pretty good show today for the viewers. We've got quite a bit to talk about. Uh, we're going to start with with uh, UFC Singapore, and then we'll work our way to Bellator. Fortunately, no odds again, Cole. We got one odd out for the two cards, so it is what it is. But yeah, we have full odds up for UFC. Um, I should mention that this fight between Julia Avila and Carl Rosa, that's still on best fight odds. That fight's been canceled. That fight will not be taking place. So I should mention that people are wondering why uh, there's no other information about that fight. But yes, that fight's been canceled. Okay, let's get, let's get through the card now. Um, just initial thoughts on it. Um, it's obviously what it is. It's a card in Singapore. It's early in the morning. I think main cards 8 a.m. Eastern time. You're not going to get a whole lot of viewers, but the main event's really good. Um, weird placing again. I say this every week. I seem to find like some fights think should be higher, some fights I think should be lower. I don't know, but it's an okay fight night card, I guess. It's okay. I mean, I I kind of suck if you were like a fan that lives in Singapore and you had to buy tickets for it. I don't think it'd be worth the money, probably, but. You know, to watch it, I mean, whatever. Uh, I think it starts at 5 a.m. We should mention that. Yep. So that's pretty early. And main card's at 8, if I'm not mistaken. So I'll, I'll probably watch the main card. I don't know if I'll get up at 5 for that preliminary card. I'll probably watch the main card. Anyways, let's get into this card. Uh, first fight of the night, heavyweight bout. He- Rafael Pessoa against Jeff Hughes. Opening odds, Jeff Hughes, minus 165. Pessoa, plus 125. Right now we have Hughes, minus 240. Pessoa, plus 200. Who's your pick? I like Jeff Hughes here. I think, obviously, that last fight against Todd Duff, he was disappointing. I think he was on the verge of losing that one. He got dropped, and then the eye poke obviously happened. Or the, yeah, the eye poke. He had the split decision loss to Maurice Green in his uh, debut. A lot of people thought he might have won that fight. Has a good win of the contender series. Has also a win over Maurice Green in LFA. He's former LFA heavyweight champ. Rafael Pessoa, I didn't really see much of him that impressing against uh, Cyril Gain. He got submitted, and he was supposed to be the jiu-jitsu guy, and to get submitted against Gain is kind of surprising. I think if Hughes can keep this fight on the feet, which I think he will be able to, I think he'll add Joe decision win or maybe a late TKO win. Yeah, I, I like Hughes a little bit too in this fight. I mean, it's heavyweight, so you really never know. Uh, I haven't been super impressed with Hughes, unfortunately, in the UFC. I think he's kind of uh, not been as impressive as any of us have thought. The Morris Green fight was a fight you probably should have won, considering he had a prior win over him, and... The Todd Duffy fight, I mean, yeah, it was a no contest, and you might say that Duffy, some people are saying that he wanted out, but at the same time, he used to quite a bit of punishment in that fight. At the same time, though, Cole, I, I'm with you. I didn't see much against uh, from Pessoa against Gagne. He didn't do anything in that fight. He just got submitted pretty easily. I wasn't impressed. So my pick's Jeff Hughes. Minus 240 is a little bit higher than I expected, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if it goes back down, maybe you could parlay or something, but it's heavyweight, so be careful. All right, next up, we have a women's uh, strawweight bout between Alexander Albu and Loma Luke Boonmi. The opening odds had Albu minus 150, Luke Boonmi plus 110. Right now, Luke Boonmi minus 120, Albu plus 110. Who's your pick? So, just talking to a lot of people, like, there, a lot of people are really high on this uh, Luke Boonmi girls. I've watched some of her fights. She looks pretty impressive. Albu, obviously, her last fight, she was submitted really early against Emily Whitmire. She has the other two wins in the UFC. I think this is a fight they're trying to make Luma look good. I know a lot of people haven't declined to fight her. No one really wanted to fight her. She's a tough girl. I'll favor her by decision, but this isn't a fight I wouldn't bet on because we don't really know how Luma is going to look in the UFC. It's going to be her debut, and then Albu's obviously coming off that disappointing loss in her last fight as well. 
Yeah. You know what? It's uh it's a close one. Um really could go either way. I this is not a fight I bet on. Uh Lumi has no UFC fights and Albu is been very uh inactive at times. She barely fights. Only four fights for each woman. I mean, honestly, they probably shouldn't be in the UFC yet. Probably not ready. Um, I kind of favor with Boomy a little bit. I, I was somewhat impressed with that fight Invicta she had. I was watching that today. Um, she looked pretty good in that and just fought a few months ago. So at least she's a little bit more fresher, I think. Uh, good striking as well. And from what I saw, decent grappling as well. So I'll go with Luke Boomy here, but you know, Cole, it's <laughs> two low level women straw weights with four fights each. I mean, that's, I don't know if you, that's the kind of fight you'd want to put your harder money on personally. Uh, next up, we have another heavyweight boat here. I like this fight. Sergey Pavlovich against Maurice, the crochet boss, Green. Pavlovich minus 245, Green plus 175. Those are the opening odds. Right now we have uh, Pavlovich minus 230, Green plus 190. Who's your pick? Well, this is one of the fights I think should be a lot higher up on the card. This is two ranked heavyweights. I know they're fairly new, but it's a classic. Pavlovich is the Greco-Roman wrestling. He's going to want to get down to the ground. Green's obviously comes from the glory kickboxing background. I actually like Maurice Green here as an underdog. I've been really impressed with him in the UFC. He has... And he's shown he is good at jiu-jitsu, has a good jiu-jitsu coach, has a submission win over Michelle Batista, has the win over uh, Jeff Hughes, and has the knockout over uh, Junior Albini. He has the knockout power. Pavlovich, I know his only loss is to Alistair Overeem, which is impressive, like which is not a bad loss. I mean, but I don't know. I just like Green standing. I think he'll be able to keep this fight on the feet. I think he'll be able to piece up Pavlovich and enter a decision win, but it's a close one. But I just think the value's on Green here. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I like Green as well. I, I think the odds are way off. I don't know why Sergey Pavlovich is minus 230. Really, what has he accomplished in the UFC? He got destroyed by Alistair Overeem, where for some reason he was a favorite, by the way, for that fight. I remember I was like, this is crazy. I was all over Overeem as a dog in that one. That was nuts. And then he beats Marcelo Gohm, who, I mean, Cole, like you talk about the worst heavyweights in the UFC. Gohm's probably, well, he's not even in the UFC. He got cut. He was probably the worst guy. I think he went one and four. He wasn't a good fighter. So not too impressed. And the other wins he had, he has a couple other wins, like Kirill Silnikov. So that's a decent win, Alexi Kuden. So I guess he has some okay wins, but I just don't know why he's so big. I have a favor here against Green, who's I think looked really good in the UFC. He beat uh, Jeff Hughes and he beat Chalbert East by stoppage, and he smashed Junior Albini too. I've been very impressed with him. I think he's improved his game a lot. Um, like you said, he came from a striking background. I think he is rounding his game now. He's a really good fighter, good submission and good striking. So give me Maurice Green, man, plus one ninety. Come on, I'll take that dog money all day. Maurice Green is a dog. We like it. We both like him. All right, next up, we have a uh, featherweight bout between Enrique Barzola and Mavsar Evlov. Um, opening odds had Evlov minus 190, Barzola plus 150. Right now, Evlov minus 200. Barzola plus 170, who's your pick? I like Evlov here, but I think the value is on Barzola. I don't think Evlov should be this high of a favorite. He's obviously coming off the win over uh, Sung Wo Choi earlier this year. That was the UFC debut. He looked pretty impressive. Barzola's coming off that split over Bobby Moffin and lost to Kevin Aguilar. None of those, that's uh, not a bad loss to have against Aguilar. And then he has solid wins over Davis, Bissett. He's obviously the more proven guy in the UFC. Evilov has the higher upside, which is why I favor him, but I think there is value on Barzola as a dog in this fight. Yeah, the odds are a little bit, I think, maybe too wide as well. Um, Barzola has way more experience in the UFC. Uh, some decent wins in his career, but uh, I, I got to go with the vlog, man. Um, undefeated record, only 25 years old, super young. Um, I, you know, he didn't have a great performance against uh, Troy. He didn't get the finish there when he probably should have, but still got the job done. It was pretty dominant win for the most part. And I, I've been pretty impressed. I think he's, he's pretty well-rounded, this guy. I think he's a pretty solid prospect, to be honest, at 145. So my pick's of Love, and uh, I, I do think he grinds a little decision, but maybe minus 200 is a, a little tad too high. 
All right, next up, we have a lightweight bow between Raphael Fiziev and Alex White. Opening odds, Fiziev minus 185, White plus 145. Right now, Fiziev minus 210, White plus 175. Who's your pick? I like Raphael Fiziev here. I just haven't been impressed by Alex White. I think he's, what, four and five in the UFC? Five, maybe yeah. five and five, something like that. He, I just, just haven't been impressed. All his wins aren't that impressed, you guys. Like Dan Moran, Mitch Clark, Artem Lobov, SCF Pine. Who he's lost to as well isn't that impressive. He lost to Lucas Martins, Clay Collard. And then, obviously, there are some solid losses there, like Jim Miller, James Krause, uh, Anthony Rocco Martin. I just think Fiziev here is the higher upside. I know he obviously had that loss to uh, Mustafaev in the first round, which is disappointing, but he has good experience, fought some tough guys out in Titan and Road FC. I just think this is a fight that Fiziev's going to look good in. I think he'll knock out White, and I think this will be the end of White in the UFC. Yeah, you got to fade White here, I think. Um, this guy, like you said, hasn't been impressive at all in the UFC. Four and five record. And, you know, his best win, I guess, is Artem Lobov, which is not a great win. Uh, just, I don't know, he kind of gets beat up in his fights. He's, he does have some decent striking, and he has shown knockout power occasionally, but he just takes so much damage in his fights. Really, like, no head movement at all. Viziev's a pretty good striker. The last fight was disappointing. I thought he'd win that fight, and he got knocked out really quickly. And it was a nasty knockout, too. That guy, Mustafa, he uh, smashed with a spinning back kick. Viziev actually blocked the kick, but the kick was so powerful, and went through his guard and knocked him out, which was insane. So I don't know if that's like a telltale sign this guy's chain is not good or if it was just an amazing kick or something. Um, you know, I, I got a favor Fizzy at the same time, Cold. Like, yeah, I don't know. Minus 210 is a little bit higher than I, what I want because he only does have one UFC fight and White has at least more experience than the UFC. So I picked Fizzy. He probably does finish Alex White but, or wins the decision here, but uh, I'm not sure if this is the fight I'd be writing about either. Uh, next up, we have a women's uh, strawweight bout between Mar- Random Marcos and Ashley Yoder. Random Marcos open minus 215, Yoder plus 165 right now. Marcos minus 160, Yoder plus 140. Who's your pick? First of all, I just wouldn't bet this fight. Random Marcos is so inconsistent. Same with Ashley Yoder. You think, like, Ashley Yoder on uh, the Ultimate Fighter looked good, and then she obviously had those losses. Justine Kish, Angela Hill, Mackenzie Dern coming off two straight wins. Random Marcos is just win loss, win loss. So if you go by her record, she should be in line for a win given she lost her last fight. But it's hard to say because Marcos, you don't know which... It's similar to Angela Hill. Like, you don't know which random Marcos is going to show up. Some random Marcos fights, she's looked really impressive, and then others, it's really lackluster, like the Claudia Cadalia fight. I think the value is on Ashley Yoder as an underdog, but I'll pick Marcos by decision, but again, I wouldn't bet on this fight at all. Yeah, Marion Marcos's fights are very hard to bet on because she's so inconsistent. Um, for the most part, she's win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. She has a draw mix in there, but almost like for the last 10 or 12 fights, win-loss, win-loss. So if you look at the pattern, she should win this fight. Um, not sure if that's the best way to break down a fight, but it's possible. Um, that could just be the clue. Anyways, you know, I do lean towards Marcos. She's fought better competition. She's got big, bigger wins in her career. She has a pretty well-rounded game, pretty good wrestling, decent striking, good chin. She's just super consistent. And when she fights a high-level competition, she loses. I just don't know if Ashley Yoder is that high of a level fighter. Um, hasn't looked great in the UFC. Has looked better lately, obviously, with the, with the two straight wins. But overall, Cole, I have... Haven't been too impressed there. I've been actually pretty good at picking her fights over the last uh, five or six fights in the UFC. Five fights, actually. I, I think I've got all of them right. So I've been pretty bang on with her, whereas Marcos is, is a tough one to pick. I think I'm like 50-50 in her fights. I do lean towards Marcos to win the decision here. I just think she's a better fighter, more well-rounded. But, you know, it could be a spot where Yoda does uh, pull off a small upset here. All right, next fight is uh, – what is it? Main card for – actually, I want to just comment here. Good morning. Nice to see you. Just saying that Sergey was a beast of finance. He sure was, man. He was a beast. 
But uh, the UFC is a different beast, and he's fighting a really good fighter, Maurice Green. So, you know, I think me and Cole, we do, we do think that Pavlich is decent, but we just think there's value on Green at plus 190. All right, um, main card here, Cole. First fight, Walter Ray Boat, Muslim Salahov against uh, Salikov against Lori Anno Staropoli. Interesting fight here. Salikov open minus 230. Staropoli open plus 170. Right now we have Salikov minus 170. Staropoli plus 150. Who's your pick? I'm surprised Salikov's fighting so soon. Like, he had that good knock went on 242. Like, yeah. what a month and a half, he's already coming back. And it's not like this is short notice. Like, he was booked, like, pretty much right away. Staropoli hasn't fought since May when he had a good win over Tiago Elvez. We both picked him there. Like, it was just he yeah. really picked up Elvez yeah. apart in that fight. I think this is a fight where the longer it goes, it favors Staropoli. I think Salikov's going to need a knockout early. He has the early knockout power. I think Staropoli's the more technical striker. But I think Salikov will be able to catch Staropoli, and I think he'll be able to knock out in the first or second round. Yeah, this is a close one. I, I think this can go either way, personally. I'm going to go with Staropoli. I do think there's a little bit of value to him as a dog. A little bit younger, a little bit fresher. Um, that quick turnaround definitely worries me a little bit. Salikov's been good. He looked good, man. Don't, don't get me wrong. He's looked good. But he is 35 years old, and he's fighting a much younger fighter here, Staropoli, who's only uh, 26. I was at his fight with Thiago Alvarez in Brazil. He looked really good in that fight, Cole. I think he's looked really good in the UFC in general. Salikov's looked pretty solid lately, but uh, that Alex Garcia fight, I think, showed that, man, if he goes late into a fight, he can be finished. I don't know if his cardio is really up to snuff. Whereas Staropoli, I do believe, has better cardio if this fight goes uh, past the second round, especially. So my pick's going to be Staropoli to win a decision here. I, th I think he can actually get the job done. It's a close fight for sure. Salikov has knockout power, and he's a good fighter, but I, I do towards Staropoli a little bit as an underdog. All right, next fight, we have a heavyweight belt between Cyril Gaon. Okay, is it Gaon or Gaon? Do you know? I have no idea. I think I've been saying Gaon, but... Okay, we'll say Gaon. I know there was that former baseball closer, Eric Gaon. It was pretty close. Uh, also, Simon Gagne was a hockey player back in the day, but I'll, I'll say Gon as well. Cyril Gon, and he spells Cyril a little bit different than uh, some people do as well. Um, Cyril Gon takes on Dontel Mays. Pretty good fight here, heavyweight bout. Although, honestly, Cole, I think that the Green and Pavlich probably should have been the main card over this fight because at least those guys have more fights, right? Little, little strange there. But anyways, uh, Gon opened minus 350. Mays opened plus 250. Minus 300 for Gon right now, plus 250 for May. Who's your pick? I like Cyril Gon here a lot. I think this is a fight that he's going to look good in and knock out Dante Mays. Dante Mays, the UFC, I don't know why they liked him so much. He was on the Contender Series three times. He lost Alan Crowder. Had an okay performance against uh, Mitchell Saib. And then he had a good win over Ricardo Purcell, the last second knockout win in the first round. But I don't know. I just haven't been too impressed. Like, he has a win over Muhammad Usman, who's Kamaru Usman's brother, who's a good heavyweight prospect. But I think I'm all over Gon. Gon looks so impressed in his first fight. Everyone thought he was going to knock a. Uh, Pessoa out, and he ended up submitting the jiu-jitsu guy. I think he's an overall really well-rounded talent. He works a lot of good guys, and I think he's going to win this fight by knocking in the first or second round. I think Maze is pretty good, you know, and they always see heavyweights, so I can see why they signed him for sure. And he did look pretty good in that last fight in the contender series. But, uh, yeah, I do like Gon. I mean, this guy has a high ceiling, I think, Cole. Really high ceiling. He only has four fights, so we got to keep that in mind. Very inexperienced, but, man, he's looked good. You know, TKO looked amazing, and he looked great against Pessoa as well, so... I think this guy has a high ceiling. I think the UFC really likes Gon, and I like it too. I think he wins this fight by stoppage, probably by submission, or maybe TKO. And look at the prop on that. What is it? It's Gon, slide distance. We don't have odds for it, but the fight uh, ending inside distance, minus 475. I mean, maybe you want to parlay that. I don't, I don't see this fight really honestly going past one round. I think it's going to end really quick. So my pick's Gon by stoppage. I think most people will have that same pick. All right, next up, we have a lightweight bump between Benil Dariush and Frank Kamako. 
Darius minus 195, Kamako plus 155. Right now we have Darius minus 165, Kamako plus 145. Who's your pick? I really like Benil Darius in this fight. I don't get why he's taking this fight against Kamako. Kamako obviously had that good last win against Nick Heim, but he had the two losses against uh, Dobert and Jeff Neal. Darius is coming off a submission win over Drew Dober and a good win over Tiago Moises. I know he had that tough stretch where he lost to Alexander Hernandez, had the draw against Dunham, and then lost to Barboza, but he has some good wins. Like He's beat James Vick he, he, in the first round. He knocked him out. Like I just think Darius has a good... like He's a top 15 lightweight, in my opinion, or just on the cusp, or I don't think Kamako is anywhere near that. I think Darius will be able to get this fight down the ground and smit Kamako rather early. I like Kamako, man. I like him as a dog here. I was super impressed with the last fight. At 155, you have to keep Michael. Most of his other fights were welterweight. He's looked really good since dropping down to a lightweight. That fight with Nick Hein was absolutely brutal. He just destroyed Nick Hein. Nick Hein's a tough dude, very hard to finish, and he, he smashed him. Darius is good, man. Don't get me wrong, really good submissions, decent striking, but that chain is very questionable. He's been knocked out a couple times in the UFC. I think if Kamako connects on the chain, he's going to finish him. I like Kamako, man. I think he knocks out Darius, honestly. I could be wrong with this one. I like any other fight I pick, but. I do have a strong lean towards Kamako, the dog, plus 145 here. All right, main event time. We have Michael Johnson against Stevie Ray. The odds for this one are a little confusing to me. Cool. Um, Johnson minus 245, Ray plus 175 are the openers. Right now we have Johnson minus 235, Ray plus 275. Who's your pick? I like Michael Johnson here, but not at that, like not as that big of a favorite. I don't think there's any way you bet on Michael Johnson here as that big of a favorite with a minus 300-something favorite. Stevie Ray, like, He's coming off that bad loss to Leonardo Santos. Like he was knocked out cold. Michael Johnson's obviously coming off that loss, similar where he got slept against Josh Emmett. They're both coming off knockout losses. I just think Johnson's the more proven fighter, has some solid wins, have wins over like uh Justin Poirier, Andre Feely, Barbosa, Artem Lobov. Like Stevie Ray, I just don't think has been tested. He has wins over like Joe Zon uh, Ross Pearson. Whenever he gets that next step, he always loses like when he got the next step against Paul Felder. I think Johnson can knock out Ray, but at that value, I don't think there. I don't think there's a way you bet on Michael Johnson here. Yeah, the, the line's way too high. I mean, Michael Johnson should win this fight. I like the fact he's going back to lightweight. I don't think featherweight was the right weight class for him. That last fight really concerned me. The way he got knocked out, I think the chin was affected. Um, you know, I think that was his first knockout loss in his career, so that was definitely concerning. But uh, Josh Emmett is a big hitter, to be fair to him. Like you said, Cole, he has some big wins. Dustin Poirier, Edson Barboza. I mean, this guy has looked at times amazing. Tony Ferguson as well. So he has some amazing wins, really, like. Some of the best guys in the world he's beaten, but uh, very inconsistent fighter. Um, you know, he hasn't looked great the last few years. He's two and four in his last six, so very inconsistent. But Stevie Ray, man, I don't know about this guy. It, the, I'm kind of upset about it because when he came to the UFC call, I really liked him, and I thought he was going to make noise for sure. He had a couple really nice wins in his uh, first few fights, knocking guys out, and then he's kind of just shown some flaws in his game. He's just a very flawed fighter. His, his striking is, is good, but he can be caught – um, the fact that Santos knocked him out is very concerning. Santos is not a power puncher. Uh, and he can also be taken down and beaten up as well. Like Alan Patrick took him down pretty easily. So um, he very well could be on a four-fight losing streak. But Justin already winning was a very close fight that a lot of people thought he lost. So um, this guy is – he's barely clinging onto a spot in the UFC. I like Michael Johnson here, Cole. I, I do think he wins the decision or maybe knockout. But the line's a little too high for me. I just think he's too consistent to, pay, to lay minus 335. But – I do expect a lot of people to parlay him. All right, main event of the evening, uh, Damian Maia against Ben Askren. Ben Askren open minus 165, Maia open plus 125. Right now we have Ben Askren minus 190, Maia plus 165. Before we break down the fight, 
I'm looking forward to this matchup. Are you looking forward to it, or do you think it's going to be a boring fight? Just tell me the truth. I was actually really excited when they booked this fight. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's two of the probably two of the best jujitsu or grappler guys in the UFC going at it. It's going to be really interesting, but I am excited. I know a lot of fans aren't excited for it. They just think it's going to be a really boring fight. I, I like the matchup, man. You know, I'm a fan of both guys. They're both really good grapplers. I guess for casual fans, they wouldn't love this fight, but for hardcore fans, I was I was very surprised some of them think it's going to be boring. I, I think it's going to be a really technical chess match. It reminds me of that Jake Shields fight from a few years ago where it was a super technical fight. So if you're into that, like a lot of grappling and, and, and twists and turns on the ground, this will be a good fight. Um, give me your thoughts on who's going to win, and I'll, I'll give my thoughts after. Yeah, that's a really close fight. I've heard just doing like my fighter picks. I've talked to people. Some people that have worked – at Rufus Sport, just or like just some other people that know Asker. Instead, whenever he like trains with like high level guys like Jake Shields, like I've texted him about it, but they said Shields tapped him quite often, which kind of worries me about Damian Maya. But I just think the path to victory for Ben Askren is a lot easier than the path to victory for Damian Maya. I think Ask we've seen what wrestlers can do against Damian Maya. We saw what Colby Covington, Carlos, when Tyron really did. You just out pressure, out wrestle Damian Maya. I think Maya has good sweeps. I think Askren has to be worried about that. But if he gets inside control, just kind of holds him to the side, I don't think he'll be very worried about the sweeps. I think Askren could ride out a decision win. But then there's this thought of if Dave Maya can stuff those takedowns, he has much better striking than Ben Askren, which you don't really see Dave Maya being favored striking-wise over anyone in the welterweight division. But it's going to be like Maya has better striking than Askren. So if he can keep the fight on the feet, I think he'll be able to pick apart Askren. But I think Askren's cardio and just his wrestling, his relentless wrestling, I think that's going to be too much for Maya. He'll edge out a decision win here. Yeah, this is a close fight for sure. Stylistically, it can go either way. I mean, both guys are going to wide with the ground. That's the thing that I find interesting about Cole. Like, you know, I think Maya will willingly go to the ground. If Askren takes him down, I think he'll like that. He won't mind, and he can probably believe he can get a sweep and land on top position. Um, and that's, I think, going to be the difference here in this fight. I think Askren will hold more top position and win a decision. I believe that he won't be able to submit or finish Damian Maya. Uh, Maya, you know, he could sweep him and, and get on top, and I think that would score him some points. But I just feel like Oscar is going to be the guy on top most of the time, and I think he wins the decision here. Um, should be a good fight, though. I'm interested. I want to see this fight. Like I said, it reminds me of that Jake Shields fight, which I thought was a really good fight from, uh, I think, 2013. Really interesting fight. So close one based on the style matchup. Both guys aren't running to the ground, but uh, Oscar is the younger guy. Um, fresher guy, he's the one loss, but to Masvidal, but that's it. I mean, otherwise he's looked pretty uh, unstoppable. And you know, Maya's okay up there in age. He's looked good lately. You gotta give Maya some credit in those back-to-back wins over Good and and Martin. But uh, I still think a high-level wrestler is Maya's kryptonite. We've seen time and time again he gets taken now, held or even held against the cage too, which could happen here as well. So give me uh, Ben Askren a win decision. Marcus sent a question here. Damian Maya does not submit Ben Askren in round one or two. I don't. See, I'm winning with the suspect cardio. I have Oscar in favor with my decision. Well, there you go. I have it too. And I, I call you said my decision as well. Right? Yeah. Uh, and he says, oh, he's got another question. I'll, I'll, I'll answer that later. Guys, if you have any other questions, throw them in the chat and we'll answer them after we break down Bellator. We're going to start the Bellator right now first. Again, <laughs> Cole, one auto for the Bellator card. Crazy, man. It's, I don't know why they don't have odds, especially if Bellator is trying to be this big promotion. Like, they're probably the number two in the world. Like, you got to have odds that people can bet. You're going to lose fan interest if fans can't bet on the fights. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's not 100% on the promotion, but, you know, you'd think that they would have some sort of, I don't know, some agreement or something with some sports book saying, let's get the odds out early. Um, you know, it's 2019, guys. It's not, you know, 2005 or 2009 when Belter started. Like, Belter is a massive promotion on TV all the time. They should have odds out for their events. And, again, it's, it's a lot of the blame that lays on the books here for not getting the odds out, but, 
you got to kind of blame Bellator as well for not pushing that to happen. All right, let's start with uh, Bellator 231. That's on Friday and Bellator 232 is on Saturday. So, I mean, what do you think about them doing two cards? Do like I them? hate this Friday-Saturday stuff. Yeah, no, I'm with you. They could have just... Did, Especially like, when Bellator goes like month at a time without a card and you do like yeah. two back-to-back Friday-Saturdays. Just put those two cards like in random fall and they go like three weeks without an event. Yeah, no, you're not wrong about that. All right, let's talk about uh, Bellator 231 first. I mean, again, no odds for this. Frank Muir versus Warren Nelson in the main event. Who do you like here? Can I say no one? This is a terrible fight, but <laughs> realistically, I like Roy Nelson. I just think he'll use his wrestling. I don't think, I think Frank Muir, you got to fade him. I think, well, I think realistically, you got to fade both these guys, but Muir's last fight showed a lot. Like, he got beat by Yavi Ayala, who I don't think is a top heavyweight in Bellator. I think Roy Nelson still has a bit of gas in the tank. I think he'll be able to wrestle Frank Mir, maybe score a knockout, but I don't think it's going to be a very exciting fight at all. So these guys have fought before in 2011. Mir granted a decision. That was a much different time. Mir actually was pretty good at that time. I think he was on TRT as well, so I think that probably helped him. But, uh, yeah, you know, they meet again eight years later. Roy Nelson's actually an older fighter, 43. Mir's 40, but both guys have not looked good lately. I think Mir is definitely on more of a decline, though. Man, his chin is just completely gone at this point. I don't think you can take a punch. The fight with Ayala Cole, that's a fight you should have won. Belter wanted him to win that fight. They set him up with a guy that can be beaten pretty easily, and he, and he got destroyed. So I just got to fade Frank Mir. I got to pick Roy Nelson in this fight. I think he does knock Frank Mir out. But, man, two guys that really are hitting the end of the road. And you know what? I think uh, Bellator's hinted this could be a – it's going to be a loser-leaves time matchup. But Big John McCarthy and Scott Coker both said that uh, the, whip, the the loser of this fight probably does get released. And I should mention that Frank Beard did an interview on his phone booth fighting podcast. He said he didn't want to take this fight. And he said Roy didn't want to take this fight. They're like really good friends. They trained together in Las Vegas. So, cool. I just think it's going to be a really bad fight, man, to be honest with you. Um, also on this card, we have Phil Davis against this guy, Carl Albrechtson. What do you think about this matchup? Kind of a strange matchup. What do you think? Yeah, it's weird because Phil Davis obviously is well known. This uh, Carl Albrechtson, he's a good Swedish guy. He has a lot of Good wins. His losses aren't bad losses. Like their Yuri uh, Procheka, the uh, rising champ, and Valentin Modolovsky. He has a win over Vadim Nemkov, too, which is a huge win. Yep. Really interesting fight because Davis, obviously, he's hasn't fought only fights but once or twice a year. He's not as consistent. He's, but he's still a good fighter. I'd favor Davis just because he experienced, but I would not be surprised if uh, uh, Albert Ketson won this fight at all. Yeah, I remember Phil Davis at one point ever thought he was going to beat John Jones. They all thought. This guy's the one to beat John Jones, and he never got the chance. He uh, never fought him, and now he's in Bellator. And you know what, Cole? He's actually been Bellator for four years now, which is crazy. The time's really flown. His record in Bellator is 7-2, so decent record. Coming off a good win over McGeary. I think he's looked pretty good in Bellator. Albertson, like you said, Cole, his two losses are not to bad fighters by any means. And then he's got a couple of good wins. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, he also has a win over uh, Stansbury. He used to fight in the UFC as well. Not a great win, but at least a notable name somewhat. I don't know. I mean, this guy's interesting. There's a lot of hype behind him, but I still don't like the matchup. I just think Phil Davis should have been fighting for a title or possibly like a number one contender spot. I know he's fought Bader twice and lost, but uh, those fights were close. You know, I think he could possibly fight him for a third time or maybe he moves up in weight or something. I'm not 100% sure if Phil Davis does, but at this point, uh, I think he does win this fight. I, I got him by decision, but again, it's uh, a fight we don't have odds out. And who knows? If Albertson's like plus 500, maybe he's worth a punt. Walter Ed Ruth against Jason Jackson. Thoughts on this one? I think this is a setup fight for Ed Ruth to get another win. He's obviously coming off that. A lot of people thought he was a dark horse in the Walter Grand Prix. A lot of people thought he could upset and possibly win it. Similar to what uh, AJ Mickey is in the featherweight tournament. They, that's what they thought Ed Ruth was going to be, the undefeated guy. But 
got caught by Nima Gracie, lost the fight. I think this is just a way for him to get a win, start bouncing back, climb the welterweight ranks again. Yeah, that's interesting fighting. Jason Jocks, first off, one of the best nicknames, the ass-kicking machine. That's a great nickname. This guy's not bad, man. He's fought really good competition. Um, he's got some solid wins in his career, some solid opponents. He's lost to Colby Covington. He lost to uh, Hader Hassan. And uh, he lost to Kyle Stewart. But he's got a couple of good wins um, over in uh, – mostly fighting in, in LFA and also the Florida, Florida regional scene. Like Diego Lima, he knocked out. It was a good win. I think he won the title in that fight. Yeah, Titan FC title. So he's on a three-fight win streak. I think this guy's solid. Uh, also, if you look at his resume, he fought a guy named Michael Johnson. That's a different Michael Johnson. That's not the one that's in the UFC right now. But yeah, this guy's solid, man. I think he's decent, and I think he could win this fight. So I'm not as sold. I think Ruth's good. Don't get me wrong. He's looked really good for the most part. But I'm not as sold on you that it's like a setup fight. I do think Jackson actually could win this fight. It's a close fight, in my opinion, and I'm curious to see the odds. Uh, Beck Rawlings against Ilya Joanne, women's flyweight. Who do you like here? It's hard to bet with Beck Rawlings just because she's only consistent, but she looked good in bare knuckle. I think her striking is the advantage here. I'll favor Beck Rawlings just on the experience and who she's fought, but again, it's hard to see what the odds would be like. Like If Joanne's a big underdog just because she's not a name, like you'd have to take a stab at her. And Beck Rawlings, 7-8 in MMA, so terrible record, losing record in MMA. Like you said, she does have some decent striking. She looked good in bare knuckle. I think she kind of probably should have stuck to bare knuckle. It looked like more of a thing. Her ground game was kind of questionable. I think her wrestling defense is not great. I don't know anything about Joanne, I'll be honest. Uh, I haven't watched her fight before. She has fought really no one notable. Um, I guess Vivian Pereira, that'd be the only notable name. She got knocked out by her in her, in her debut in MMA back in 2013. But otherwise, she's fought nobody. Calling her level competition is low, so... Need odds to, to give me a, to give you guys a pick here, but uh, I guess I lean towards Wallen just based on the experience. Uh, oh man, Jake Hager against Anthony Garrett. It's like they really scratched the bottom of the barrel for his opponents, man. Any thoughts on this one? Uh, Jake Hager by submission, first or second round, like his other fights have been. Can't they find a guy at least coming off a win? Like this guy's coming off a knockout loss in Shamrock FC, which is like a regional circuit show. I mean, and that last guy he fought that fat dude, that TJ Jones. I mean, I'm not the one to be talking, but. Let's be honest here. That guy was not in fight shape. That was a joke. I mean, why can't they find him someone decent, Cole? Because Bellator's trying to make him up to seem like this good heavyweight when he's not that really good at MMA. Um, what else on this card? Uh, let's There's a couple here. notable guys in the prelims, like Steven Mowry. He's a good heavyweight. He's undefeated. Yeah, I that one. Steven Mowry's solid, 6-0. I don't know about this Gokan uh, Saracam guy. I'm not too familiar with him. Let's check him out. Yeah, Mowry's solid, right? Like, I mean, he's got a pretty decent following, I guess. Another Florida guy from Titan FC. Uh, is he American top? You know, he's at uh, Hard Knocks. Okay, so he's at a good camp. He takes on a Saracam guy. I don't know about him too much. 4 0. Oh, man, look at his opposition 0 0, 0 10, 3 2, 5 10. I don't even know where Baltor finds these guys. Um, <laughs> just looking at some other fights. John Malley's on this card. He used to fight in the FC. How about this guy, Mando Nala? Why is he in the prelims? I don't know. He's so good. He's one of the probably better prospects in Canada MMA. Yeah, is it, yeah, rat garbage. That's his nickname. Wow, it's jokes. Tristar guy, man, he's looking good in Bellator. A um, couple wins. Alec Williams and Carrington Banks, both knockouts. Uh, he's a, a regional scene guy in Canada. He's, he's looked good in Bellator. Cole, why is he in the prelims, man? This is crazy. Because Bellator doesn't go to Canada, so why do they care to build up Canadian guys pretty much? I guess Killy's Moda. I've heard of this guy, too. He's fought some decent competition. Lost to Austin Hubbard in his last fight. I think that was for the LFA belt. Yeah, it was. Um, beat some. He beat Akinero Gono. That's a big win for him. I mean, Gono's obviously old. 
but uh, still a notable name. This should be a pretty good fight, actually. Now that I'm looking you at see, it. he's opening up the main card too. His baby slice. I was just about to say him next. Yeah, Kimbo Slice Jr. Kevin Ferguson Jr. against Craig Campbell. Is this a setup fight for him? I think it is. I don't think Craig Campbell's that good. He's three and three. He fought Dan Ige and he lost. But look at his wins. Who he's fought? He hasn't fought anyone that good other than Ige. He's also thirty-four years old. Brazilian Brazilian top team Texas. I've never heard of that camp before. Yeah, I don't know about this guy. Um, yeah, and he hasn't fought in two years. So yeah, you'd have to assume that Kimbo Slice wins. But man, you can't bet on him after losing to Corey Browning. All right, let's get to Bellator two thirty-two. That's the Saturday card. We do have odds for the main event. <laughs> Um, right now we have Douglas Lima. Actually, I should say the opening odds. Opening odds actually had, um, yeah, Lima opened minus 185. Actually, no, that's not true. Um, Rory McDowell opened minus 130. Lima opened plus 110. And right now we have Douglas Lima minus 165. Rory McDowell plus 145. Who's your pick? I really like Rory McDowell in this fight. I think a lot of people are overlooking him. I think, I think a lot of people are writing him off given that Fitch fight and his retirement talk. But then he went out and dominated and even Gracie. Like that fight wasn't even close. And Neiman Gracie was undefeated, coming off a good one over Ed Ruth. They fought each other before. It was a close fight. I think it's going to be a close fight again. I think it's going to go the distance. But I think McDonald's takedowns, wrestling, I think similar to what he did in the first fight, I think that's he's going to get another decision win here. Yeah, this is a pretty good fight. Uh, I love this matchup. I mean, they fought before, obviously. Uh, Rory McDonald won, but, man, Lima looked amazing lately. Just incredible. Back-to-back wins by stoppage over Paige and Korshkov. Always liked Douglas Lima. He is just a fantastic fighter. Yeah. Mario McDonald's a great fighter, too. I do think he's on a bit of a decline. Having said that, you know, the Neiman Gracie fight was crazy. So many people were fading him there. I loved him at that number. He was a low number in that fight, and he won pretty easily. The John Fitch fight was a bad performance. I think he did a lot of soul-searching after that. I think he is motivated here. This is a close fight, Cole. really is. I just – I got to fade McDonald with all that damage, man. I'm going to slightly lean towards Lima, but I don't feel great about it because we've seen these guys fight, and, and McDonald – he showed he was a better fighter at that point. I just feel like there is, uh, you know, a change in the guard here. I think Lima right now is the better fighter, but I could be wrong. So my picks for me, Douglas Lima, but I honestly wouldn't like him unless he was an underdog. I, I wouldn't bet on him as a favorite here. I still think I think he edges a really, really close decision. I could be wrong. It's going to be a great fight, a close fight. Um, Co-main event, short notice fight. Uh, Sabah Hamas, he's injured. So now Sadawad takes on Paul Daly in a catchweight belt at 175. Who do you like here? I like Paul Daly here. Settle on take this on day's notice. He's a lightweight moving up 20 pounds to fight Paul Daly. I think Daly, I don't think he's going to be in shape. He had to do it at 175. I think Paul Daly probably wins. I think he might be able to knock out Sadawad as well. Yeah, I like Paul Daly. Yeah, he probably does knock out Sadawad or at least win a decision. Uh, Robin Van Roos Malin versus Chris Len- Lencioni. Featherweight Bow, any thoughts on this one? Hey, it's interesting. Isn't uh, Van Roosman the glory guy that was. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously. That's what's going to be really interesting. Chris uh, Lencioni, the sun, the sunshine, he's so good at jiu-jitsu. If he gets to fight down to the ground, he'll be able to submit uh, Robin. Just the question is, can he get down to the ground? We haven't seen his takedown defense, which makes it interesting. I think it's a close fight. I think it's basically if Sunshine can get down to the ground, he'll win. If he can't, he'll just probably get knocked out. But I'll favor Sunshine to get it done, but uh, get down to the ground and submit him just because his experience and who he's fought. Yeah, it's close for sure. It, it, it really is a uh, true striker grappler fight. Um, Nick Newell against Manny Murrow. Any thoughts on this one? I like Nick Newell here. I think he'll win this fight again. I think Bellator is just slowly going to build him up into a contender at either uh, lightweight. I know this is 160, which is kind of weird. I don't know why Bellator does so many catchweights. Like, fight at 155. He's in 155 his whole career, but I think this is another one for Nick Newell. Yeah, Murrow's, you know, a local guy. He's fought quite a bit in that uh, regional scene over there, but. Yeah, I, I got to go with, with Newell as well. You know, I think Nick Newell's a really good fighter, and I think, honestly, the UFC 
passed on him, and I, I think might have been a mistake. I think this guy's solid. Yeah, he wasn't going to be uh, – you know, Cole, one thing I hate Dana White says is like, well, this guy doesn't have championship uh, aspirations or he won't be a champion. That doesn't mean you shouldn't sign him. I mean, not everyone's going to be a champion. You still need guys that are big fighters, and he's solid. Uh, how about this one? Vitaly Minikov against Javier Ayala. I think Minikov's going to knock out Javier Ayala here. I think, I think this is a fight for Minikov to look good, and they were supposed to fight – what in August was it or September? It was uh, August, yeah, August. Yeah, and Ayala pulled out on a fight. We saw what happened to Tim Johnson. I think it's going to be a bit more competitive than Tim Johnson fight, but I think Minikov's going to win by knockout. Yeah, Minikov by first round knockout. Patrick Mix against the side Chapman. Any thoughts on this one? I'm really high on Patrick Mix. I think he can be a title challenger, even a world champion Bellator. I think he's one of the best prospects at bantamweight in the world. I think he'll get another submission win here and just edge in close to a title. Uh, talk conversation uh what about this guy david powell from usc fighter against Mar- marcus surin i just favored powell just because of the experience but obviously surin has some good like he's young he has he's he not young. Have any- 38 he's not young oh I, I think i'm thinking of someone else then he's 38 yeah he ain't young bro yeah i don't even know who i'm thinking of but yeah i think powell gets it done i don't I, man i think surin could win I, I just don't think powell's a great fighter he looked terrible in the ufc uh, how about this guy, Lance Gibson Jr. against Donald Jones? I think what I've heard, Lance Gibson Jr. is really good. He works with Julia Butt a lot. I think he's Julia Butt's striking coach, maybe, if I'm not wrong. But I think Lance Gibson Jr. wins here. And there, Okay, you, this is too funny. There's a dude on the prelims. His name is Dan, Dan Cormier, and his nickname is The Hamburglar. <laughs> what the hell? Who is this guy? I've never heard of this dude. But he's yeah, eight and nine. Oh man, where do they find these guys? Where is all? Anyways, yeah, it doesn't I, even uh, have his age listed on topology. Great nickname, the Hamburger. Oh man, I want some McDonald's now. <laughs> Anyways, that's it for today. Uh, not for today's show. That, that's it for the breakdown. Let's go to some questions, then we'll talk about UFC. Uh, what was it, Boston? All right. Um, Marcus asked, "With JDS pulling out the Volkov fight, do you think the UFC should book to replace JDS Nagano?" I mean, that's. What's being out there right now? It says that McConnell's going to be asked, and it's a couple of weeks away. I think it's two weeks, Cole. That makes sense, right? I mean, he's begging for a fight. Do McConnell versus Volkov? What do you think? That's what I think. Like, it makes no sense ranking wise for Nagano to take the fight. Volkov's coming off the loss to Derek Lewis. He's ranked seventh in Ghana's too. But Nagano wants to fight that so much. Take the fight. And if you win, you just spend yourself more as the number one contender. Yeah. Adrian Kapoor, Razor Blades should come into Moscow and cause havoc. I mean, Blades makes sense too. Blades is kind of forgotten about because he's lost in a corner twice, but that guy's amazing. And his other question here, thoughts on Scott forcing Mir and Roy to take the fight and we will say, no, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's kind of dumb. They both didn't want to take the fight. I saw the uh, podcast with uh, Frank Mir and, and Richard Hunter, and he was just like, you know, they kept texting me saying, take the fight. I don't want to take it, but I, it was basically take it or leave it, Cole. I mean, they basically forced him to take the fight. They don't want to fight each other. You don't want to see fights like that where two guys don't want to fight each other. It usually doesn't turn out to be very good, especially with two heavyweights that are older. Um, let's talk a little about UFC Boston first. Uh, next, I should say. I mean, pretty good card overall. Any the overall thoughts on the card? I think it was pretty solid. What do you think? I think it was a solid card. And these Friday nights, I really like the Friday night card. Yeah. The UFC should start doing more of them. I think it clears up everyone's weekends. I think it's a lot of work for MMA fans to sit down, commit like 42 Saturdays of your life ufc so i think these more friday night cards would be a lot better i'm with you on that one i liked it too you know i, 
I'm not going to lie, Cole. Uh, it was weird, though. I mean, I woke up Saturday thinking it was Sunday. I'm like, okay, I have to work for PJ Penn today. And I'm like, wait, no, I don't. And then Sunday came around. I'm like, okay, today's Monday. No, it's Sunday. So it was a little weird. But, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I prefer Friday, personally. Um, let's just talk about some of the fights. I broke down all of them yesterday in, on uh, the show by myself. But I'll, I'll go through a few of them. First off, uh, Dominic Reyes against Chris Weidman. Uh, first round knockout, I called that one. You, you picked Weidman, man. You can't trust this guy's chain anymore, Cole. Please don't pick him again. You can't. You can't do it. I just thought of wrestling. I just. No. <laughs> but Reyes had went over Ozinger. I was not impressed with, and I thought if Ozinger could get him down, or Weidman could get him down. Is Weidman retired? I don't think so. Does he go back to 185? That's it. Maybe do Rockhold Weidman 185 or 205. Yeah, you could do the rematch <laughs> retirement for both guys. I don't know, Cole. I, I think this is it for him, man. Five of the last six fights have ended in knockout losses. I. He probably does get another fight if he wants it, but, man, I don't think he should fight again personally. I just don't know what else he'd do with his life, though, and that's probably where the situation he's in. Uh, Dominic Reyes, does he get the next title shot? I think it's going to depend on what Johnny Walker does. If Johnny Walker does something spectacular, another highlight reel, he's on ESPN just like Reyes was. If he does something big, I think the EOC will try to push him. There's a lot of interesting light heavyweight fights. You have Jan Blokovich versus Jacques Reyes. A lot of people thought Jan should have got the next title shot, so I think if he gets a win over Souza, Especially if he knocks out Souza, I think he could be next in line, but I'd like to see Reyes get the shot. Yeah, I think he should get it, personally. I mean, he's 6-0, 12-0 in his career, 6-0 in the UFC, four finishes. He looked great, and he called him out. He wants that fight, and I do think he's an interesting fight because he's got legitimate power. He's a big dude, long reach, very tall. I think he's a good matchup but for John Jones, um, but you'd have to favor John Jones. Marcus also asked you what the ratings were. I think I saw, like, just under a million or so. I could be wrong with that. I'm not 100% sure, Marcus. I'm not really a TV ratings guy, to be honest with you. But I think I saw something like that. Um, yeah, Forbes says 805,000. I saw. Yeah, I think I saw that too, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, Rodriguez Stevens. How did Stevens survive that body kick in the second round? I have no idea, but my breakdown, and I know you were on Aaron. I know. We uh, were like the show. Yeah. Me and Aaron Bronte both got it so wrong. We thought. Three rounds favorite Stevens, five rounds favorite Yair. But after that third round, yeah, that was a main event. Five rounds, I think Stevens finishes Yair in the fourth. Oh, for sure. I mean, no doubt about it. You're, <laughs> that's the kind of way I was looking at. Him. Like Stevens will probably favor, should probably be favorite. But yeah, I, I like Rodriguez here, man. I just like the matchup for him in general. You know, just he's just such a good fighter. He's so good, so fast. And right. Stevens, you know, I love watching the guy fight. But Cole, he has the record for most losses in UFC. You can't pick him against elite guys. He almost always loses to the top guys he fights. Now, Inhaler Gate, we gotta talk about this really quickly. I don't wanna get into it too much, but have you ever I mean, well, actually I'm not gonna ask you that have you ever seen any using inhaler? You haven't. I haven't either. Um just when you saw it though, did you know right away it was gonna be a no contest? See, so the thing is like I thought, yeah, it is. And then I saw the video they showed where he asked the commission. I know. And the commission said, Yeah, you can use it. So I think it's kinda of like take Greg Hardy out of it. I know a lot of people don't like Greg Hardy as a person. To lose his win bonus and lose a win because of the commission's is error. Bonus? Is that confirmed? Is, is that confirmed? Well, he's no longer a win, so I think he would, but I think the UFC probably paid him. But Yeah, they probably did pay him. We don't know for sure, though. I, I wasn't 100% sure about that. It wasn't very clear. Because he, he was uh, first award the win, so they might have. But it wasn't. like When they overturn fights in general, like when they do it later on, they don't have to return their bonuses. They keep that money. They thought the UFC is going to chase a guy for his win bonus. They'll never pay them back. In this case, I'm 100% sure because it happened right after the fight. But, yeah, it was super weird. I think the confusion here is, you know, he asked, you know, can I use it? And the, and the guy says, you saw to approve that is. There's a difference between in competition and during the competition. Like, 
in competition, like I was watching Big John's interview with James yesterday, and he said that, you know, guys will use them in the back before the fights. And that's legal because they can take a few puffs and they think they can get an advantage. But during the actual fight, what was he thinking? What was Dean Thomas thinking? You know? So, and the other question is, people are asking, why does he have it on? Why does Dean Thomas have that inhaler in his pocket? I think, you know, if Greg Hardy does have asthma, I mean, it's not a bad thing to have that just in case he does have like an asthma attack or something like that. But at the same time, though, Dean Thomas should know better. I mean, this guy's a veteran fighter. What was he thinking? You know, these guys were trying to gain an unfair advantage. I don't like it. Uh, I do think Greg Hardy, um, he did ask the commission and the inspector was wrong. And I don't think he should be completely punished for it. But at the same time, it was cheating, man. It was straight up cheating. And uh, I'm glad that it was a no contest. Um, now, what do you do with this guy, Ben Sassoli? Two straight no contests. It's so weird, right? Dana White loves this guy, and I don't think he's a good fighter at all. Terrible. He just he threw the same punch the whole fight. Like, yeah, he just looks for an overhand right. Yeah, the whole fight, just standing there. I don't think he over. threw his left hand once. Never threw one jab in the fight, and then threw a one kick. I, I, I don't know, Carl. I'm not too impressed with this. Dude. I think he thought he could just catch Greg Hardy and knock him out, but we've never seen, even Alan Crowder landed some good punches, and it didn't even hurt Hardy. So, like, I don't think Hardy's chin is bad where it's, it's going to take him one punch and a knockout. I think you're going to need like several build up and then do the overhand right. What's next for Greg Hardy? Who do you give him? I'd like to see him get a veteran, like a guy that's on. Give me someone. Give me a name. Let's look at the. I don't. What do we think of Tiger Tuvesa against Greg Hardy? You like that one? That wouldn't be bad. Yeah, yeah. someone like that, losing skid, but as a veteran, like Martin Tybura, someone like that. Like I wouldn't even look at the rankings ring. I don't think he deserves someone on the rankings. Um, just yet. Uh, let me look at. Uh, give me some more names here. You gotta, you gotta think of someone here to fight Greg Hardy. Let's, um, I, I do think Todd Tuvice is not a bad name because he, he, you know, he's very beatable. How about maybe Todd Duffy? You could do Todd Duffy. Yeah, that fight works, especially if if Duffy wants to fight again. Because <laughs> yeah, we're not sure about that. Um, who else? But would you honestly be surprised if the UFC signed some random guy to fight Greg Hardy again next? Uh, I wouldn't, but they shouldn't. And there's guys like I will Justin Taffa. He could fight him. Yeah. Michelle Batista, Justin Fraser, like these guys coming off, you know, one straight loss in the UFC. Junior Albini, that's another guy. You can fight him. One in four. Daniel Spitz, one in three. Someone like that, Cole. You know, I think at this point, because he, he didn't look that great in this fight. I guess you can give it someone coming off a win, too. I mean, what about like Alexi Olenek? I know he's in the rankings, but uh, you test well, his like, jiu-jitsu early. And then let's see Olenek go, go submit him with the Ezekiel choke. I think that would happen if they fought. Yeah, I, I think you give him a striker like Todd Duffy or, or something like that, or Ty D. Basicle. I think that's the kind of fight you do. Run back Alan Crowder. Yeah, I, 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 I guess. <laughs> I guess. I, I, I don't know what that one. All right. Uh, is it just me or Joe Lowe's on Robert of the Bonus? Come on. Like, he should have got 50 Especially when rosa used his feet in the cage to get the submission i saw that crazy right now jim miller a veteran fighter he's on twitter saying that uh it wasn't rosa's fault that you know anyone would do the same thing but i don't know man i think he was you know i don't blame him i mean why not I and mean, the referee didn't see it so why not but how do you reward him with fifty thousand when uh Lowe's on, first off those be this kind of minute and a half as an underdog he should have won the bonus goal it was, it was a bad call by the ufc uh, Macy Barber smashed at Julian Robertson. She wants Paige Van Zandt next. A lot of fans saying that she should be calling on someone higher rank. I'm fine with this fight. I like, I like this fight. It makes sense to me. What do you think about it? Yeah, especially in today's UFC, to get a title shot, you have to be well-known. Fighting Paige and beating Paige will get you more followers, will get you all that yeah. stuff. It's going to get you all more known. It might not be a ranked opponent, but Barber still has, like, it was on Aerial Show last week. She still has, like, 800 and something days to beat that record. You fight Paige, yeah. even if you get December, January, and then you fight a top 10 girl, 
and then you fight top 10 by the end of 2020 and you still have like 400 days where you're already in the top five to get that title. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think she should fight someone like Paige next. Even if Paige is, you know, ranked below her, Paige is a bigger name. You know, I think a lot of us live in the MMA bubble and we think Macy Barber is like this big star. I don't think too many people know she is yet, Cole. She's a great fighter, don't get me wrong, but she's not like a big name, whereas Paige is somewhat of a big name. Uh, just going through the rest of the card here, Rosa, we talked about. Uh, Costa looked good. Brandon now looked. Anything else in the prelims you want to touch on quickly? No, I just thought it was a good card, good finishes. I just think it's a, it was one of the better ESPN cards they've done, like the big ESPN shows. Yeah, it was solid. All right, a couple questions here. Adrian Kapoor, Cowboy Brothers trying to get a bonus from the UFC. They said Hollery's not fault for MS, MCS, MSAC's decision. Yeah, I'm with you. I think you, you know, even though we all don't like Greg Hardy as a person, you know, you got to be fair. And the guy was, he got his hand raised. So even though, yes, it was cheating, the commission's at fault here, too. And I think he should get his bonus. Marcus says Hardy Arlovsky, and like Kapoor says, they traded APT together. He likes Hardy versus Oregon. That's not bad. You could. That's the thing with Hardy. You could because he's coming off a no contest goal. You can give him someone coming off a loss or a win. It doesn't really matter at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I favor someone coming off a loss like two base or something like that. Uh, what about this fight, Cole? Do who throw against Charles Jordan? We didn't talk about this one. What do you think of that? I don't like the matchup at all. I think Dude Choi's going to win rather easily. I don't think Jordan. I just haven't been impressed. Let me have that. It didn't look very good against Des Green, but again, that was he's a normal featherweight, and that was him fighting 155. I think he weighed like 153 or something, 154 for that fight. It's not a lateral lightweight. I think featherweight will be better, but I like Duhu Choi a lot in that fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, guys, if you have any other questions, throw them in here. Me and Cole mentioned them, or we'll talk about them. Uh, Barber versus Molly would be fun, sure. I mean, you could do that fight. Molly McCann is, she needs a better opponent. I mean, that girl she fought was so overmatched. That was stupid matchmaking. You're bringing in a girl that's 23 years old. I think she's one of the youngest fighters with no experience in the UFC. She's fighting Molly McCann. So weird. Marcus says, any news on Bobby Lawler fighting UFC 245? Nothing yet. I got my tickets for UFC 245, Marcus. I know you won't be there, but uh, I'll be there, Cole. So I'm looking forward to that. should be good. Uh, man, tickets were super expensive. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I don't want to talk about the prices, guys. They were sick. First time in Vegas. Now I, I know uh, what people are saying when Vegas is a money city. It's expensive. Um, with Lawler, one name. Yeah. I've heard quite a lot. It was Jeff Neal. I mean, I, that's the guy I said at first. I was the first guy to say it, Cole. You know, I, as soon as the fight side ended, I was like, Jeff Neal makes sense. Um, Nico Price makes sense. Mike Perry wouldn't even be a bad fight, but um, I don't know. I, I think those guys kind of be mixed and match. Nico Price seems to, he wants he wants the Mike Perry fight. Oh, Gilbert Burns in there, or does he train with? No, he's a uh, he's in Singapore now. He wants to fight Francis Ngannou, man. Go up to heavyweight and fight. Burns is ranked not fifteen, so. Yeah, we'll see. A Gilbert, man, you got to respect that guy. Um, Cole, anything else you want to talk about here, man? Uh, there's got to be something you want to mention. Um, I think we've covered Bellator. We covered... We'll see a punk. How will see Oh, God. Thoughts? Well, right, wait. Nganu just tweeted, UFC Moscow in 18 days with a question mark. He wants to fight. Yeah, that's what I said. It's, that'll happen. That makes too much sense. He wants to fight. Volkov's available. Let's do that. But, yeah, what do you think about uh, CM Punk? No way he gets another fight. He cannot get another fight. And, he's still in the pool. and Mike Jackson's still getting tested by USADA. Yeah. I think of all the four guys, Travis Brown doesn't make a little bit of sense because they need heavyweights. But uh, these four, the four guys shouldn't probably fight again. Chris Holdsworth, great fighter, but those concussion issues. I saw you post that Jose Aldo picture. Oh. weight. Holy smokes. He looks small. Yeah. I don't know. Like do I don't think – and he beats a good for his career. Like he beats a Hudo. Could he? 
I don't think so. I think Suda would out wrestle him. Probably. Uh, Marcus says Lord knocks out the replacement opponent. Will he pull the rematch? I can see Robbie not fighting at 245. Yeah, I don't know about that, Marcus. I think he wants to get another fight and he wants money, man. And it wouldn't be that short notice. It's still two months. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's already had. He's still training properly. I mean, he needs and that. Fight. The thing with Woodley, Woodley pull out with like, what was it, like 10, 13 days before yeah, the fight? Was, like, Sure that's why that. you don't have enough time to prepare for opponent. You have eight weeks. Eight weeks is a normal training camp for some people to prepare. I'm with you. Short notice birds. That's that's a funny one. Um, yeah. What? Anything else, Cole? Anything you want to talk about, man? Just did you see? Um, what do you about this? Uh, did you see Duke Rufus posted on his Facebook saying Pettis and Cowboy agreed to a fight? He did say that. Really. Rematch? Yeah, I remember the first fight they fought, and I had Anthony Pettis as a dog. He knocked him with a body kick. It was, it was awesome. I wonder if Pettis is committed to going back down to lightweight then. Yeah, it probably makes some, some sense. I don't know. I mean, he looked okay at Walter. He looked he knocked out Thompson, and then he loses to Diaz. I don't think that's a bad loss. But uh, I, I think Pettis is now – I don't think he'll ever be champion again. I think he's just trying to have fun fights. Like, the Thompson fight was interesting for him. Diaz is a fun fight. Cowboy would be a fun fight for him. I think that's what he's just going to do from now on. Yeah, no, you're probably right about that. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Not that I can see. What about this side? Uh, <laughs> Tyron Woodley going after Kelvin Gaston. I thought that was pretty funny. Calling him Fatsalem. I thought that was pretty weird. <laughs> that was very funny. Actually, one other thing I didn't want to talk about. Did you you uh, sent me it too. Is, uh, Dominic Gray said John Jones fired yeah. first round management. I think, I don't know. It, it's interesting because Kawa keeps on saying, like, oh, we don't want it. But Dominic Gray is saying he's looking for some guy that ran LFA. So. Okay, so this is interesting to me. I think we all thought that um, that uh, Jones was still with the Kawas. Uh, and it looks like this guy, Wayne Harriman, has something to do with it, Jones. Okay, so I've been Googling. It's really hard to find too much information on Wayne Harriman. Um, but if you look back, there was articles in from like 2014 saying he was part of Jones's management team. And I asked James because he, he doesn't know the management of these guys. He thinks he's part of the team as well, but he still thinks Abe manages them. But I thought that was a kind of a strange tweet. It does make me wonder a little bit what's going on because if you think about it, Abe, when he wrote, you know, I'm not sure about uh, Reyes next, he did it as a reply. It's not like he made his own thread. And he just said, I'm not sure what I think about this. He's only one in one A, you know, so I'm not 100% sure um, if. They are still managing. I'm sure they'll make a comment soon. Um, if you want to go, well, if, while we're doing this, go check Abe Cobb on Cobb's Twitter. If you don't mind while I'm talking here. Yep. See, yeah, see if they made a comment. It was kind of a, a strange dig here by uh, Donald Reyes, but I want to talk about this Wayne Harriman guy. So he's kind of interesting, actually. Uh, Wayne Harriman, he's a long-time MMA guy, but not many of us know who he is. He's kind of, uh, he's a lower profile. Um, there's a video on YouTube where he says he's the manager or the owner of LFA, Legacy Fighting Alliance. So, Obviously, with LFA not having that TV deal, I'm not 100% sure what's even going on with that. Maybe he's making the transition full-time to management or something. But I watched the interview. There's a two-minute interview on YouTube. Just type in Wayne Harriman, guys. It's crazy. This guy talks about being in prison and stuff. Like, I think he's a former wise guy or something, like a former gangster or something in Vegas, and he, uh, he was in jail. So he talks about that, which is interesting. Maybe this is the kind of guy John Jones needs in his corner these days. I think the Cowboys do a great job, but maybe he needs someone that's – been there in, in jail, you know, and, and has been through rough times in his career and in his life, and he needs to change. But yeah, interesting interview, guys. Wayne Harriman, that's the guy. What are you gonna say, Cole? Anything? They have not said anything. Yeah, I, I, I I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there doing the the Michael Jackson eating the popcorn thing, man. Seeing what happens here. Um, Chris Weidman's made a statement here. Uh, obviously, bomb done with tough fights. Uh, let's see what he says. I'll tell you, I'm not ready to retire. Hungry, I still want to get back in there. So Chris Weidman says he's not gonna retire. 
and we'll see what happens there. Um, anything else before we get out of here? No, I think we covered everything. All right, cool. All right. Plug your stuff. At Coastal91, everything's on my Twitter. I don't have a whole lot just because it's taken four. There's not a huge lot of names for interviews, but 244 will have a lot more done. Cool. Um, okay, so you guys can check me out on Twitter at Martin. This podcast is available at mmanamartin.com. Go to our YouTube channel, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Appreciate that, guys. Try to go to the channel. Slowly but surely, we're growing. Uh, also, check me out at djpan.com, mmanamartin.net. I should mention, I put the podcast up finally on – it should be on iTunes very shortly. It's on Spotify now, so this podcast is available there. It'll also be available on SoundCloud, but yeah, we're trying, iTunes should be this week. So finally, you'll you'll be able to just hear the audio version when you're driving to work or you're working out or you're going for a walk or something, which is sweet. You can hear me and Cole's voice to soothe you. So it should be good stuff. All right, guys, thanks again for joining us today. As always in the podcast, I'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. breaking down whatever happens in the latest world. That man looks like there's already a bunch of stuff happening. There's always something happening in this crazy world we call the world mixed martial arts. Guys, have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.